Good morning, guys, and welcome. It's so good to have you this Sunday morning. It's such a privilege to be with you as well. As Kelly said, my name's Jacob, and um, I, I'm, I'm from a church called Blessed Community Church, which is down in West London. I'm on the leadership team there, um, and I'm also the youth pastor there. And it's so good um, to be with you. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about the Word and the Spirit coming together. I'm aware that you guys have been doing this series, and God has really been speaking to you powerfully through that. And I've watched a little bit of it, and I watched one of uh, Kelly's talk where she talks about the word and the spirit coming together and you know it was in in Jesus's baptism the moment where Jesus was baptized and the word became flesh which is Jesus and the spirit of God the heavens opened and the spirit of God descended like a dove and in the scripture it says the heavens opened and I was looking at it again and it never said the heavens closed and so this Sunday morning I want you to be aware that the heavens are open and the heavens are open and the spirit is falling and descending like a dove in the places where we fall, uh, where we worship. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really expectant um, that the power of God is going to move. So I would just love it before we get into it and delve into the word and allow the spirit to fall. We, I would just love it if we could just spend some time just praying and just welcoming the Lord, posturing our hearts to be able to hear from God. So wherever you are in your living room, whether you're chilling out in bed, whatever it is, maybe just put out your hands as a sign of openness. Just just say, Jesus, come. Would you come and move? Would you come and change and stir my heart? So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We, We pray that ancient prayer. Holy Spirit, come and flood this place. You are welcome in this place. We pray for a powerful encounter, a divine encounter with you, Jesus. Come and have your way. Come and teach us. Father, we're expecting to see you. Let there be a touch of heaven this Sunday morning. Let us be aware that the heavens are open and they're never closing. You are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name. God's people said... Amen. Come on. I'm loving it. The people here as well. So excited. You know, um, R.T. Kendall starts a phrase and he says, if we have the word without the spirit, we tend to dry up. If we have the spirit without the word, we tend to blow up. If we both have the spirit and the word, we tend to grow up. We tend to fire up. You know, let the spirit come through his word. Let it, let it come alive as we allow the spirit to speak to us. You know, when Jesus came, he came to reveal that there was a father who actually cared for his children. He's a more extreme father than any of us could possibly imagine. His goodness cannot be exaggerated. It can't even be widened. He is such a good father. It can be distorted. It can be defiled. It can be diluted, but it could never be exaggerated. He's better than we think. And so we have to adjust how we think. A thinking needs to be consistent with his nature. And that's what the word and the spirit teaches us. The word and the spirit is the introduction to who he is. And then we begin to think according to his nature. And his nature is to see the transformation of this earth, to become more like the kingdom of God daily. He's using us to do that. You know, the word and the spirit would be like the banks of the river. It's the context in which faith flows in. The Word and the Spirit give context for the faith to be expressed. You know, I wish I could say that faith just comes from studying Scripture or just being filled with the Spirit, you know. And I believe so much in studying Scripture. And, you know, it's the beginning place of that process. But there are so many people who study Scripture six, seven, eight hours a day. And they can talk to you all about this Jesus who used to perform these miracles, but they could never display one. And that's what the Spirit does. It allows the the Word to come alive. 
And you know, on the other hand, there's those who spend some time just idolizing the experience of the Holy Spirit and they forget to ground themselves in Scripture. You see, Scripture is vital to feed our souls. And God wants His people to read His Word and His story. And this is how we grow. This is how we, we, we can't fully comprehend God's Word without the Spirit bringing it to life. Holy Spirit, we welcome you again. You see, the Bible says that Jesus began to work with his disciples about all that he did and all that he taught. There wasn't a separation between his function and his teaching. You see, in many of our cultures right now, you can go to a business school and you can get a degree in business and be taught how to own a business, but the person teaching you never owned one. You see, because our culture elevates concept, principle, and not experience, and yet that's not the biblical mandate. You know, the biblical mandate is that we come to know him personally. You know, Jesus taught in the Gospel of John, he said, you search the scriptures because you think in them was eternal life, but these scriptures led you to me, but yet you're not willing to come to me. Oh man, Holy Spirit, we welcome you again. Just come and move. In other words, this is, you know, this is the launching pad for a divine encounter. Without an encounter, there's no change. There's no transformation. We're not talking about just a philosophic adjustment. We're talking about a powerful encounter with the almighty God who then produces the same fruit of the father to that surrendered daughter or surrendered son. The same that Jesus did. But it's important to remember that the scripture leads us to Jesus. It's now the Holy Spirit that once rested in the prophets of old dwells in every believer. And he is the spirit of resurrection. The Holy Spirit is in you and he wants out. He's in us according to scripture as a river, not a lake. He's not just a contained abiding presence. He's in us and he wants us to flow through a flowing presence that alters the geography of the world around us. It's being a people learning how to cooperate with this wonderful Holy Spirit so that we can bring about a transformation in an individual to an environment, to a city, to a nation. But he's the one who brings about the change. And it's us submitting to him that makes the difference. You know, I always say, never turn down an opportunity to die because resurrection follows death. It doesn't precede it. It's submitting to the purposes of God, saying yes in our hearts of hearts that lives with the kind of risk that demonstrates faith. You know, if you've, if you've been to a, uh, invited to a brand new city, and you go on holiday and you go to some, I don't know, exotic city somewhere that you've never been to, you've pretty much got four options, okay, on how you're going to know where, what and where that city is. You could just get off the plane or bus and, bus and you could go around with no direction, no input. And you'll see some interesting things as you walk around, but you might miss the majority of the city because you don't really know what's in there. And now the second option is that you could go to that city and you could get a map, for example, a map of Paris or a map of Rome, and you can open it up and you've got a little bit more of an idea of how to find and be directed to walk around in that city. And they're like, let's go there. Let's go and see that, that, that site. Let's go and do that. That's actually better than just drifting through the city, but it's still not the best. And then, you know, you could go to number three, option number three. You could buy a guidebook. And that tells you where all the cool stuff is to see in the city. 
There's the places to eat. Here's the attractions you don't want to miss. Here's the stuff where all the fun happens. Here's the stuff that's most fulfilling. Here's where you get your best bargains. Having a guidebook now really opens up the city far better than a map, far better than just walking around. But you know, the best of all, the best of all is to have a guidebook in your hand and have a personal guide walking with you. Somebody who's been there, somebody who's lived there all their lives, they know all the best spots. They know how to avoid the tourist traps. They know how to get to the real Paris, to the real Rome. They know how to point out the stuff that nobody else knows about. They'll often know the history. They'll know the background of that city. They'll know the full experience. They know the best place to take the pictures. Having a personal guide while you're holding a guidebook is best. And you know the same is true for your life. You can just drift through life or you can get a map and you can get a guidebook or you can get a personal guide through your life. And depending on which one of those you choose will determine how effective, how meaningful, how significant, how fulfilling your life is. And you know, if you don't take that, you're just, I would just highly, highly recommend to avoid just walking through life. It's not the kind of lifestyle that God's calling you to. You know, that's just existing. It's just kind of walking through life. And you know, you'll also get plenty of maps that will tell you to listen to the world. But the world is the complete opposite of the kingdom of God. The world is the, is the world of lies. We, yet we're called to bring the kingdom. So we want to focus on the guidebook. We want to focus on the personal guide leading us through. And that's the Holy Spirit. So I want, it, I want you to, to just ground yourself this Sunday morning. What values are you carrying? What are you holding on to this Sunday morning? Because it's important because I want to look at what you should choose. Because as you walk through life, you can have plenty of guys. You know, you could choose the best TV host. You could choose a radio commentator. You can even choose a friend. You know, there are plenty of people who will be glad to give you advice, but it's not necessarily the right direction that God's calling you to walk in. And there are plenty of guides out there. But God has given us the ultimate guidance, both the guidebook, the Bible, as well as the guide the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but why did Jesus go to heaven? After he came to earth, he died on a cross, our sins, boom, wiped, resurrected freedom. Why didn't he just stay on earth? Why didn't he just stay here? He went back to heaven. Well, you know, in John 16, it says that it was actually better for him to leave. And you're kind of thinking, I I was thinking when I was writing this, better? What do you mean? How could anything be better than having a personal Jesus guiding us personally through life? And he said, well, actually, it's better because I'm going to leave you something. I'm going to send the helper. I'm going to send the counsellor. I'm going to send the advocate. I'm going to send the spirit of truth, the Bible calls it. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit so many things. And he says, I'm going to send your spirit, my spirit back to earth, the Holy Spirit. It's just the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of God, the very presence of God is dwelling in each of us and in the places where we worship this Sunday morning. And you know, it's so fantastic that we can be worshipping together with all this technology. But what's even more fantastic is the spirit of God is in your house right now. And you can invite him into your heart again and again and again. He's with you. Holy Spirit, would you fall? You know, Jesus was only limited to one location. When he was physically in the body form, he could only be in Jerusalem. He couldn't be in Jerusalem and, I don't know, Hong Kong. He couldn't be in Buenos Aires and Berlin. Now the Holy Spirit is everywhere. He can be with all of us and he can help all of us and he can be in all of us. This is a big deal. Especially at this time. 
especially when we can't come together in a hall and worship all together and make a raucous noise worshiping. It's so important that we can understand and recognize and posture our hearts to say, Holy Spirit, will you come and fill my room? Will you come and fill my heart? You know, he could only be in one place, in one physical body. And you know, in John 1.14, it says that Jesus, the word of God, was made flesh and he dwelt among us. But in John 6, it says that the words that Jesus spoke became spirit. The word became flesh, but when he spoke, the word became spirit. The word, when Jesus speaks his word, becomes spirit. Why is that significant? Because the presence contains the reality of the king and his kingdom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The manifested presence of Jesus through the Holy Spirit is measurable through freedom, through liberty, through transformation, seeing the kingdom of God. It affects and transforms people's lives every second of every day. The spirit is moving. One of the most important things that you need to learn in life is how to be led by this Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says in Romans 8, only those who are led by the Holy Spirit are the children of God. What? What the heck? So if I'm not led by the Holy Spirit, am I not in God's family? Am I not a child of God? Am I not going to heaven? Am I not in the in crowd? And you know, the scripture says, the mark of you as a believer is that you're a child of God, that you're a daughter of God, that you're a son of God, is that the Holy Spirit guides you and leads you. Now, when you first start off as a Christian, I can tell you firsthand that you're just not very good at this. You don't really know how to let the Holy Spirit lead you, but you get better at it. You learn to understand his voice. It's just like when you've been married for for some time and you pick up the phone and you don't just say, hi, this is your husband. You don't really do that because you know their voice. You know what they sound like. You've heard it so much. And that's just like the spirit of God. When you first start walking with Christ, you don't know the voice of the Holy Spirit yet. It's hard to go, is this God talking to me or is this just me talking to myself? But as you grow in the Lord, you get better to go, that's God. That's God speaking to me. That's the voice of God speaking to me to lead me. And he puts these impressions in your mind and he leads you. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you. He wants to be your guide through life. And when you understand this, you're going to go, I'm in. I want this. By definition, the Bible calls the Holy Spirit the helper. Because he's everything that he's been sent to do and everything that you want in your life. Every single thing. He says, I'm here to help you. So how does the Holy Spirit help me? And how can he help me on a Monday morning when I'm struggling with bills or on a Tuesday evening when my husband or wife has got mental health issues and he's really struggling in a family construct? What happens if I need to make a business decision or I've just been laid off at work? How the heck is the Holy Spirit going to do that? You see, if I listen to the Holy Spirit, he'll let me be my guide. I'll let him be my guide. He'll help me know what I need to know. That's the first thing that the Holy Spirit is sent to do, to help you know what you need to know. That means the truth. That means the insights. That means the info. Everything that you need to know, he's there, he's got you. That's the cool thing about the Holy Spirit. And if you let the Holy Spirit learn to lead your life, he not only helps when you need to know, but he helps when you need to know in that very moment. That very moment you read it. For example, have you ever read a Bible verse, maybe at the beginning of the day, and later that exact Bible verse is exactly what you needed that day? Yeah, well, that was the Holy Spirit and you didn't even know it. 
It was the Holy Spirit calling you to your attention to a certain thing, a verse that you didn't even need, need you didn't even know that you needed at 10 a.m. or 2 p.m. And you know, sometimes he gives it right before and then other times he'll give it a day before, maybe a week before, but he knows it's already what's already going to happen in your life. And so he gives it and plants it into your mind or into your life when you need to know it. The Holy Spirit gives you what you need to know at that very moment. Sometimes, I don't know, you might be reading a Christian magazine or something and a few hours later or a few days later, you're talking with a friend and you just go, what actually? Do you know that I actually read something in the article and you share this truth that the Holy Spirit was giving you and what you needed to know at the very moment you needed it. And sometimes God does it for the benefit of you, you, but sometimes he does it for the benefit of someone else. You know, for example, so I was in prison. Um, No, I wasn't actually in prison. I was doing Alpha in prison, running a course. Um, And uh, I was running a course for 18 to 25s. And um, uh, we were were at the week where it talks about the Holy Spirit and inviting the Holy Spirit to come and fill us. And this lad, I didn't didn't even know his name because we had like 25, 30 people. And it was, yeah, didn't know his name. And he stood up and he went, I just want to experience the Holy Spirit. And I thought, okay. Let's go for it. So, so we, we, we stood up and we put our hands on him just to pray for him. It says in the Bible to lay your hands on the people that you pray for. And this guy, I said, look, as an openness, just open your hands and say, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill me up? And so we started to pray for him. And as I was praying for him, God just put a little nudge in my mind, a little picture of a flame that was really small, just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was just being placed into his heart. And I felt God say, hey, share that picture, but tell him it's not the flame that he's thinking of right now. Oh, that's a really weird, weird word. But I'm going to go for it and I'm going to obey this slightly odd word because I feel like the Lord is saying it. So I shared it with, I shared this picture that it's getting bigger and bigger in your heart, but it's not, in the, in, not the flame that you're actually talking about right this second that you're thinking about. And he had his eyes shut and he was all like loving it and all that. And then he opened his eyes and he was like, no. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is going to kick off. This is like, God, what have you done? Now I'm just going to get punched up in prison. It's going to be so bad. And literally he was like, no, no. And I was like, what do you mean, mate? Sorry, I just felt like it was a word from God. He was like, do you know what I'm in here for? And I was like, I'm sorry, they don't tell you what, don't tell us what, what you're in here for. And he was like, well, actually, I'm in here for arson because I lit someone's house on fire. I killed two people and, it, and it lit, I, I lit their house on fire. And as, I, as you were praying, I re- was reminded of the crime that I did and I felt like I wasn't worthy for the King of Kings to come and fill me up. But because you've said that, I know the goodness of Jesus. I know the goodness of the Father and I want the Holy Spirit more now than ever. And you know, I, I, that was the last I saw him. He, 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 didn't, he didn't come back and I, I, I don't know what happened. And my prayer is that maybe in a, in, a, in a number of years, I'll see him at a Christian conference or something, preaching about the goodness of God and how that moment was a divine encounter with the King of Kings who met him and moved his heart and transformed his mind. You know, do you think that that was an accident? No. <laughs> God had prepared me to help him. Why? Because I listened to the nudges of the Holy Spirit. And you know, sometimes it doesn't seem right. I remember standing there being like, really, Jesus? No, please, no. I remember sitting there fearful. And you've just got to fight through it. You've got to push through it. You know, that most definitely wasn't a coincidence. You have to have pretty big faith in the astronomical odds of that happening without God's involvement. And you know, I could give you hundreds of examples of that in my life because I listen to the Holy Spirit. I listen to his nudges. You know, he doesn't speak to us in thys and thous. 
He doesn't go, Jacob, sit downeth and listeneth to thy spiriteth, for I have a mighty wordeth. He doesn't do that. It's more like, Jacob, shut up, sit down and listen. Do you know what I mean? And so maybe, maybe some of us just need to stop the business of life. Maybe some of us just need to sit down, be quiet and listen to the Spirit of God. Just say, God, would you, would you move my heart for someone, for myself? You know, when the Holy Spirit tells you what you need to know, when he gives you the truth that you need at that particular moment, there's a word for it. It's called revelation. And revelation is when God tells you something and you need to know this book. Of course, this Bible is God's complete revelation to humankind. But God also reveals things for you and how you need to know it through the Holy Spirit. And he'll give you these little nudges and he'll give you these little insights and there'll be thoughts you go, I would have never have thought of that. That's got to be revelation. God will reveal these things. It's never going to contradict this book. The Spirit of God is never going to contradict this book because this book is the book of Revelation. The Holy Spirit wrote this book. And so you need to be aware, if you ever think that the Lord is saying something that doesn't go along with this book, then you've got to not say it because that is not from the Lord. And I, I want to make that very clear. This is the Spirit of truth and the Word of God is truth as well. I'm talking about the Bible. If the spirit of truth, he's certainly going to use the Bible because the Bible is truth. So if you want to know God's will, get into God's word. God's will is found in God's word. Stop looking for a vision, start looking for a verse. Stop looking for a sign, start looking for scripture. The spirit of truth will lead you in truth. So he's going to take you to the word. But here's the problem. Sometimes you get to the word and you open up the word and you're like, what the heck does that mean? I'm like in Leviticus going, don't mix fabrics. What are you on about? But do you know what? what's really important is that you, you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you when you open the word. And you know, uh, uh, my girlfriend was speaking to me um, last night and she was saying that someone that she spoke to basically said that they pray every time that they open the word, Holy Spirit, would you come and interpret this for me? And I think that's a really practical way of being able to interpret the, uh, interpret the word through the Holy Spirit. And I think it's really important that you, do, you guys do that and we start to do that as a practical tip. And you know, that's why we need the Holy Spirit because we not only have the guidebook, but we have the author, the personal commentary in our ear. It's not, the book, uh, it's, only, it's not only the book that you can read, but when you read it, you go, now what did you mean when you were saying this? And the author will literally speak to you and go, well, here's what I mean. So not only do you get the guidebook, but you get the guide. And sometimes we don't under, understand a verse. Like, look, in 1 Corinthians 2, um, it says this. God says that we can't understand the Bible without the Spirit because that's just human foolishness. You know, I can't understand the Bible without the Holy Spirit to understand the truth. I need the Spirit of truth. So God knew this and he assigns the Holy Spirit to be our interpreter. And in John 15, 26, it says the helper will come. The Holy Spirit will be the common commentary from the author will say, I'm going to come and reveal the truth to you because the Holy Spirit, like I said, wrote the Bible. The Holy Spirit gives you the application. He applies it. He illuminates it. He reveals it. He applies it to your life. And you know, I've stormed through this talk, but I want to, I want to leave some time to just, to just respond, you know. And as I come into land, I just want to say, hey, look, look at God's word because it's, it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path and we have the guide but we also have the guidebook and you need both spirit and truth and the bible says guide my steps by your word so i won't be overcome by evil 
You know, some of us may be having some evil festering around us or in us that we need to just see freedom from. Some of us might have never even said yes to Jesus. Maybe you've been stirred this morning to say yes to Jesus. May you be the Holy Spirit has come and said, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to say yes to me. You know, in, in 2016, I had an experience with Jesus that split my life into before and after. I approached that evening like it was any other. Scarred, slouched, bored and addicted to drugs and the ways of the world. In that unsuspected evening, I wasn't just changed by him, but I was captivated by him. I was seized by a vision to see the church come alive. As I felt the heartbeat of God breathe resurrected life into my veins, I felt the chains of addiction, shame and death fall by the wayside. His heartbeat became mine. His relentless love for the broken became mine. His hope for restoration of people's souls became mine and I'm his. I sit here preaching five years on, still embracing the pulsating heartbeat of his freedom running through my body. It's been hard. It's been sacrificial. And it's been the best decision I've ever made. And maybe some of you this morning just need that story. Just need to understand that that resurrected freedom is going to come and fall like a dove because the heavens haven't closed. And you know, I, I wrote this a couple of months ago and I want to read it out to you. And I didn't know what it was for when I wrote it. But God really illuminated it to me. Um, for you guys, and I feel like it's a word for you as a church. Um, both the picture of the river, that we're not called to be a lake, but we're called to be a river, a flowing presence of the Holy Spirit flowing through you. And there's this word that I wrote a couple of months ago. I didn't really know what it was for, but I feel like it's for you guys. And so I'm just going to read it out. And I would just love it, whoever's at home or maybe, maybe you're um, lying down in bed or you're, you're sitting down. Maybe it's just a good time to just stand up. Maybe it's a good time to just shake about and just... As a, as a sign of openness, just open your hands and let this speak over you. Let this speak over you because I believe this word is for you guys. I believe this word is for you individually, but also as a whole church. It says this, there once was a community of people that were completely devoted to God. The life they led together was wholly charged by the power of the spirit and by God's words. These communities loved each other with a radical kind of love. They took off the masks of insecurities and shame and shared their lives with one another. They wept, they sang, they prayed, they laughed, they worshipped in authentic relationship. Some who had more gave, some who had less gave more until any form of socioeconomic construct crumbled. They formed drawbridges that joined the gender and racial ravines and celebrated the uniqueness of how a loving creator created them. This community is the early church, the church that offered Jew and Gentile a vision of life so incredible that it took their breath away. It was inventive, it was creative, it was bold, it was dynamic, so revolutionary that unbelievers could not do anything but fall at the knees of the King of Kings and say yes to him. This isn't a moan or a far-off lament. This is a vision to see the first century church restored in the modern day. This is a captivating hope to seize the reality of God beckoning England to a groundbreaking revival, a planet-shaking vision to the bride of Christ that embraces the grooms to call in resurrected freedom. That's a call to you, Woolwich Community Church. Are you open? Are you willing to be inventive, creative, bold, dynamic? to give, to worship, to weep, to sing, to laugh, to pray, 
to build a radical kind of love. And you know, I've, I've seen it already. I've seen it this morning. I've seen the community. I've seen these guys come together. It's so powerful. And I just want to encourage you in that. You know, I, I, I just want to leave you with this question as I, as I finish. I want to leave you with, do you want to be a lake or do you want to be a river? Do you want to ask the Holy Spirit to come and then not really do anything with it and just ask it to just fill you up? Or do you want to be a river for your church? Do you want to be a river for his church? Do you want that flowing presence to flow through you that alters and changes the geography and land around us? Do you want to allow the Holy Spirit to change your family dynamic? Do you want the Holy Spirit to allow you to change the renewal of your mind? Because it will transform you and the people around you. So I just love it. Holy Spirit, let me just pray before we finish and then I'll pass it over. But Holy Spirit, you're, you're welcome in this place. We just pray that ancient prayer again. Holy Spirit, come. Come and fill us. Father, would we be different to how we started this this morning? Would your presence fall heavy in the places where we worship? I just sense the Lord saying that he wants to break some addiction. He wants to break some addiction. That might be addiction to things on the internet that you may not be, the Lord may not want you watching. That might be addictions to cannabis. I just feel like the Lord is saying he's going to break that this morning. He's going to break that. I just want to pray over that. Jesus' name, would you just, would you break any addiction? Anything that is addicted to the, anything, anything that, that keeps us addicted to the ways of the world, would you break that in Jesus' name? Would you bring freedom? Would you bring liberty? Would you bring transformation? Would you bring your kingdom? And if there's people who haven't said yes to Jesus, I just want you to pray this prayer if that's you. Jesus, I invite you into my life. I thank you that you died on a cross and rose again for me. And I thank you through your word and your spirit, you will change and transform my mind to bring the kingdom of God on earth. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.